Good morning and welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shumate of the Bethel Baptist Church here in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Welcome to our Bible Devotion Time today. If you have a copy of God's precious word, I want to encourage you today to open it up with me this morning to the Gospel according to St. John. We'll be looking in verse 2 and verse 3 of John chapter 18 today. And I appreciate you taking time again to tune in with us. And let's read together in God's precious word. Verse number two, John chapter 18. The Bible says, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. As we have read this, uh, the story, and we've heard it many, many times, I want us to look just and slow down just a little bit this morning and look at these two verses and and just to try to deepen our understanding a little bit, maybe to re refresh our understanding a little bit and our memory of what took place on the night that Jesus was portrayed. As we look at this, first of all, I see actually the place of the betrayal. And uh, let me say, Judas was aware of the place where Jesus went to. The Bible says, Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. He knew about Gethsemane. Judas knew that that was a place where Jesus loved to come. And the Bible teaches us that in the first part of the verse. There, Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. He knew very well where he would find Jesus that night. And again, Jesus was accustomed to the place. And we notice in verse 2 again, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his, his disciples. Now, John, for some reason, unbeknownst to you and I, and we don't have to know why, but John omitted the agony in the garden. Again, could have been because of the other gospel writers who covered it so very well. So we see the place of the betrayal. It was in the place that Jesus often went to. It was no surprise that he was there because he loved to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then we see not only the place of the betrayal, but secondly this morning, we see the person of the betrayal. 
His name is Judas Iscariot. John 18, 3. The Bible says the first two words, Judas then. And as I think about Judas Iscariot, the Bible is really uh, completely silent about the life of Judas before he became a disciple of Jesus. Scripture does reveal to, unto us actually like a snapshot of him during the time that he was with the Lord. As we think of Judas today, we must look at him and what the Bible says reveals to you and I about his life. First of all, he was a disciple and he was numbered among the twelve. According to Mark 3, you can look that up, Jesus had, had called him to be one of the twelve disciples. The name Iscariot has many interpretations, and some, more or less, are simply just conjecture, and that's all that they are. But the most probable meaning of the word Iscariot is from the word Ish-Koreth, which means a man of Korath. And that was a town, a place in the tribe of Judah, according to Joshua chapter 15 and verse number 25. Judas was in charge of the money. Somehow he had worked and wiggled his way into a position of authority and a position of a, of a great importance, if you will, and in chapter number 13 and verse 29 of the Gospel of John, we read, For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So Judas was the treasurer of the disciples. As we look at the word of God, we find not only was he the treasurer, but he was also a thief. As we read in John chapter 12, verse 3 through verse 6, the Bible says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment, of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. I would love to have been there that night and to, uh, to have, have smelled that wonderful ointment placed upon the perfect Lamb of God. And my, my, imagine the whole house was a sweet-smelling savor. But as I think about that in John 12, again in verse 4, the Bible says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And in verse number 6, the Bible says of John 12, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. In other words, Judas wanted to line his own pockets. He looked at that ointment. He smelled that ointment just like the, all the rest. He saw what God did with the ointment there when it was anointed unto Jesus. And Mary did that act of worship. 
And Judas had the audacity to simply say, why, why could, what a waste, what a waste. But nevertheless, it was not wasted because it was given and placed upon Jesus. Judas was a, was a thief. But we learn something else from the scripture about Judas. He was deceitful and very greedy. As I look in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, and verse 14 and 15, I found out that truth to be so. Verse number 14, Matthew 26, says this, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest, and said unto him, What will ye give me, that, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. Could you imagine the, the Lamb of God being betrayed by one of his own? Could you imagine the, the grief that it brought to the other disciples? Could you imagine what it brought to people that loved Jesus? But can I say this? Can you imagine the consequences that were laid upon Judas Iscariot? because he willingly, greedily, and deceitfully betrayed the Son of God. So we see this morning the place of the betrayal, the person of the betrayal, and then quickly this morning, I want you to notice the partners of the betrayal. And as we look at this this morning, I want to say this, that Judas probably led a group of Roman soldiers to arrest Jesus. Not only were they Roman soldiers, but I think maybe perhaps the temple guards as well. And it could have been a combination of both, or it could have been one or the other. Uh, I believe that uh, it was it, at least very, very proven, according to the word of God, that it must have been some of the Jewish guards as well, because definitely they were there. But it's quite possible that they were also Roman guards in this group. Verse number three, Judas then having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees cometh thither with lanterns, torches, and weapons. It was a band of men. You notice that phrase, and that is the Greek word spira, and it means a coil. It means figuratively a mass of men, a Roman military cohort. And that is up to 480 men who were, would make up a Roman cohort. And that's interesting as, as we study to learn of this. There is no way to know exactly how many men there were that night, but there is no doubt that there were very many men who came to arrest Jesus. And it is possible, and it may have been, that there was a full cohort of Roman soldiers. The Sanhedrin had, and the high priest and the, and the Sadducees had all uh, cooperated together. And no doubt they'd already been to Pilate about this. And they probably had his approval in this matter. And Judas also led not only the cohort, if we could say it that way, that band of men, but he also led officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, likely from the Sanhedrin court, and they were greatly involved in this matter. 
They came with lanterns, notice that, torches, and weapons. It was likely that this night was the night of the full moon. And it could have been that it was a cloudy night. could have been for that reason that they came with torches and lanterns. But they came with a serious matter at hand to arrest the Lord Jesus. And they were ready with weapons and lanterns and torches to do whatever was necessary to bring him in. They thought, man, we're going to have an uprising on our hand. And we're going to have enough people here to crush immediately any uprising that was to take place. How wrong they were. And I want to say this. You know, they came to arrest the innocent Lamb of God. What a wicked plan. What a wicked plan. Yet God was in the midst working anyway. Beyond their wickedness. And I'm glad of that. Let me say this to you and I in closing this morning. Child of God, understand this. We live in a wicked world. It's a wicked day we live in. And we see the sin that seems to just to be captivating our country and the world. We see the wickedness and the spiritual wickedness in high places. And we see those things taking place. And we wonder, oh Lord, how long? Can I encourage you today to understand that God is working. The evil of this world will never stop, but God's will will continue to be fulfilled. The wicked of this world, they're going to continue and they're going to continue until the day that the devil himself is cast in a lake of fire. But God is in control and everything is going to work out just exactly the way God's word declares it to. May God bless you today. Lord willing, we'll pick up again uh, the next time for another Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Hub. And Lord willing, we'll see you later. Hope you have a great day. May God bless you is our prayer. Yeah.